the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. This uh, afternoon, I want us to take a look at 1 Peter again. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14, 16, and 17. Uh, we'll, we'll be getting to that here in just a moment. I um, And you know, this morning, I, well, let me give you a little update. So the congregation is blessing me and my family. They're converting our garage. I'm in the parsonage here. They're converting the garage to a couple of rooms. I have four kids, and uh, we're living in a three-bedroom house, but it's a small home. And so they've uh, agreed to to do this for us, and what a blessing. And so I'm trying to do all I can to help keep the cost down. So me and my wife have been painting. I thought, how hard could that be? But man, that's a lot of work. So I've got most of well, all the paint that needed to be done today done, and the guys are going to be coming in to do tile next, so I'm a, I'm a little tired. But uh, so what a what a blessing that the Lord has given us. Also, I want to mention that one of the members here at North Valley, Reagan Armstrong, he's 12 years old. Reagan was baptized into Christ last night. What a blessing! I, I'm. I commented uh, that night how uh, when he first came to me for studying to study, and he's been studying the Bible. His dad taught him well, real well. His brothers and his mother, of course, and many others. Charles Milner um, came and wanted to. I, my first thought was, he's just too young. Does he really know what the what guilt of sin is? And in, in other words, what I'm saying is, you know, does he have that understanding where? You know, sin has truly come into his life. He's gone past the age of accountability. And uh, after speaking with him and his family members for uh, last night, after several weeks of study, not only does he have the, the, the true desire to be baptized, but he, he understood and was bat- made the decision to be baptized into Christ. What a blessing. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to 17 says this. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. If you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with 
precious blood as of the Lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. There's a story about some children. They were at a uh, school and at the cafeteria. They're all lined up for the lunch. And when they were going through to get their lunch items, there's this table. And on one end of the table was this bowl full of apples. And on the other end of the table was a plate of chocolate chip cookies. And at the bowl of apples, where that's where you come into the table, there was a little note. And it says, take only one. God is watching. And on the other end of the table where the chocolate chip cookies were, one of the kids decided to tape another note on that one. It said, take all you want. God is watching the apples. So I have been talking about holiness on Sunday mornings here at North Valley for several weeks now. And holiness is the idea that we are set apart for God. When God makes us holy, that means God has set us apart for salvation. When we believed in Jesus, repented of our sins, confessed Jesus as our Lord and Master, and were baptized into Him, we were made holy, set apart to be his. And when God says we should make ourselves holy, he means that we that he expects us to live differently than the world around us. And that's what this passage is all about. And notice what God tells us here. He says, "You shall be holy for I am holy." In other words, be different from the world around you. But why why should we want to do that? What is it that should motivate us to be holy and be different from the world? Recently I talked with a young person who asked if homosexuality was a sin. Uh, for me, it was obvious that he had already accepted homosexuality as his lifestyle. And uh, he was wanting to get me in an argument, I think. So I tried to focus on telling him that God loved him, but that lifestyle would hurt him. And that was one of the reasons that lifestyle is called a sin. And it occurred to me, after I was thinking about it, that this person was not a, not a Christian. It didn't matter to them that God uh, would not be happy with their choice. If they loved God, then this would matter to them. And they would stop doing what they were doing because they knew it would upset the Lord. But they didn't love God. Now, ideally, that's why we should do what we do in life. We should seek to be holy because we love God. I believe that that is why 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We should be so motivated by our love of God that we want to please Him in all that we do. When that happens, we won't be afraid of being near Him. Hebrews 10.19 says it this way, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence, to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. And yet, here in this passage of 1 Peter chapter 1, 17, God tells us that we should conduct ourselves in fear. Conduct ourselves in fear. Fear about what? Well, 
Let's look at some other passages in the New Testament. Revelation 14.7 says this, An angel said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. 2 Corinthians 7.1, the Apostle Paul writes this, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Fear God. Really? I mean, fear God? Sometimes I pull up some commentators, and it seems like they might have a problem. I don't. I mean, I'm assuming there, but it seems like they might have a problem with the phrase "fearing God." They'll change the word "fear" to "revere" or "hold Him in awe," and that's okay, I guess. Uh, I like to. If I were, we shouldn't change the word, but if you needed a better explanation, maybe "respect" would be a better way to explain this. Because you, you see, the reason I don't think we should change the word fear is the Greek word here is phobos. That's the Greek word from which we get our English word phobia. And what does phobia mean? Fear. To be afraid. Phobia does not mean revere or hold in awe. It means fear. But why should I fear God? Well, here's the problem. Ideally, we should be holy because we love God. But too often, too often we tend to get lazy in our relationship with the Lord. One of my friends put it like this. We must never get so comfortable with our holy God that we forget the important part of our relationship. He was, is, and always will be in control. In other words... God is God, and we are not. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I, I had a great relationship with the, the theater director, Mickey Hudson, Mr. Hudson. And he had a great relationship with the principal of the school, Dr. Sutherland, Carville High School there in Carville, Indiana. And, um, you know, I, I was around them both quite a bit there my senior year, and I got really comfortable with both of them, too comfortable with them. Because we all know you are supposed to respect, fear, respect the, um, the principal. I remember one day I was at the office uh, no, waiting for something. I don't remember why. I wasn't in trouble. And Dr. Sutherland walked in, and I remember looking up and saying, Hey, good morning, Doc. And he stopped right there. And he slowly turned around and looked at me. And I could see he, uh, I was wrong. And man, the fear came over me when I recognized I did something wrong. And I just simply said in a low voice, uh, Good morning, Dr. Sutherland. He turned back and went about his business. He demanded respect. If we forget that God is God, we can begin to think that God will be happy no matter what we do, right? We're part of God's team. We are, uh, so he'll look, overlook our sins. So I can eat all the cookies I want, right? Because, well, God likes me. And frankly, 
He's paying more attention to the apples anyway. Wrong. Knowing that I and others are prone to that kind of thinking, God reminds us that fearing Him is not a bad thing. And that's why the term fear God shows up several times in both the Old and New Testaments. Fearing God is what often keeps me from doing stupid things. And I fear God because I know God is not just watching the apples. He's watching me. There's another story I heard uh, from a preacher. He's a new preacher, but he was at a uh, lectureship, speaking a small part. And uh, one night after he had finished preaching, he was on his way back to the hotel. He was just about to get on the elevator that was going to take him up to uh, the second floor when two attractive women got on with him. He turned to them and asked which floor they wanted to go to. They simply smiled knowingly and replied, Whatever floor you get off at will be good for us. He knew what they were suggesting. They were saying they wanted to get off his floor and go to his room with him. He explained that their offer shook him. And as the elevator made its way up to his floor, he said he didn't think about what would happen to his marriage if he did this. He did not think about how it might affect his children. He did not think of the damage it would do to his ministry. The only thing that he could think of was a verse that he had already memorized long ago, Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. He did not let the ladies get off on that floor with him. Why didn't he give in to the temptation? Why did he decide to stay holy, set apart from the world? He feared God. He knew God was watching. God disciplines his people if they decide to do bad stuff. Let me uh, turn over to here to Hebrews chapter 12 verses uh, starting in verse 4. It says, you uh, the Hebrew writer writes, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? God loves you. And he will discipline you. And it's not going to be fun if he has to do it. I remember uh, my dad disciplining me. I really didn't want to go through that, obviously. Those were times when I feared dad. 
and so I tried not to do the things I knew would bring punishment. Well, I, I tried most of the time not to do those things. And sometimes, being disciplined by God can be really serious. But if you love Him, your fear will come in second. Fear will still be a great motivator, but it won't be the first thought in your mind. You may have an electrical socket at your house, or you should nowadays. I got several here in the office and over my house, and they're putting in that new garage, so they're putting electrical sockets in there. And when you walk into a room and you see an electrical socket there in the wall, do you freak out going, oh man, there's an electrical socket. Oh, don't touch it. Don't get near it. Ah. We don't act that way, do we? No, nobody does that. Crazy people do that, but no one does that. But if I took a, a metal knife and I stuck it into that electrical socket, what would happen? I might die, right? That's going to light me up. That'll hurt. We know the kind of power that's coming out of that electrical socket. A lot. But we respect, we have a, a good respect for that power. We fear what it can do to us. But as long as we use it the proper way, the way it's intended to be used, we, we don't have to fear it. But the fear is there enough to let us know don't do, don't use it the way it uh, should not be used. And that's the kind of fear we should have with God. We know that God wants us to treat Him a certain way. He's given it to us in His Word. As Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 17, when he says, uh, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the power of God. We need to plug people into the power of God. We need them to understand, you know, there is sin in your life. And you need to uh, do something about it, but there's nothing you can do, but God can. And we try to plug them into the power, but they have to use that power correctly, the appropriate way. They need to have a healthy respect for that power. I don't want to go do something that would bring God's judgment down upon me. But that's not the first thing I think about when I think about God. The first thing that comes into my mind is all the wondrous things He has supplied for me by His power. That's just like with the electrical socket. All the wondrous things it does for us. It enables me to have this radio program. It enables me to have this computer. It enables me to have my coffee in the morning. Or those of you who are in the hospital. It may supply the medicine, the oxygen, the whatever it might be, all those things that, that helps us live. But you have to have a healthy respect for it. And when we know the mind and heart of God, we're into the Word, we know His mind and His heart on things, it should give us a healthy respect for who He is. 
It is a good thing that our God is a fearsome God. He has the power to defeat mighty armies and destroy entire nations. He has the power to flood the entire world and the power to crush the might of Satan. He is the great I Am. And you don't mess with God. But in the same but this, this, this same God who can destroy any power of evil on the face of the earth, he's your God. And that's a good thing. Because he has your back. Over in Romans chapter 8, at the very end of that, in, in the book of Romans, uh, starting in chapter 3, verse 20, all the way to the end of chapter 8, he's talking about Justification of faith, faith by uh, justification by faith. Excuse me. And here, as he's wrapping up chapter eight, he says these words, starting in verse thirty-one. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all. How will will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns Christ Jesus is he who died? Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Just as it is written, For your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we are overwhelmingly uh, conquer, sorry, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And amen, Paul. He understands and knows God. All that power... I mean, if God's worth, who can be against us? He's got power. But it's the love that brings us so close to Him. Our God may be fearsome and powerful, but He is our fearsome and our powerful God. We belong to Him, and we should want to honor Him with holiness, being separate from this world, because we love Him. Do you have that kind of healthy fear, healthy respect for God? He wants you to. Not the kind of fear where every time you, you think about Him or, or get into a study about Him, you, you kind of, oh man, let's go, we got to be careful. No. It's that kind of healthy fear, respect of knowing He is powerful. And knowing that you know He's got your back. I don't fear the army of the United States of America. They fight for me. The rest of the world fears that army. 
because it is powerful. But if I was not an American, well, my fear would be a little different. If I'm not in Christ, I would have a very strong fear of God. He is the most powerful being ever. He is the only one. Now, though, I'm in Christ. I fear the power, so I, I don't do bad and evil things. But I know that power has got my back and is a blessing to me and my family in Christ. And now, a blessing to Reagan Armstrong, who was just baptized into Christ. Buried in that watery grave, raised up into a new life, now separate. God has separated him from the world to be used for his good purpose. What a blessing. I hope, I hope you're there also. I hope you're striving to have this kind of relationship with the Lord also. If not, I encourage you to come down here and see us here at the North Valley Church of Christ. We're up here in Cave Creek, right off the Dynamite Road and 54th Street. We're in this corner right here. Look us up, 5413 East Desert Vista Trail, Cave Creek, Arizona. We're not that far away. Give us a call. Find us on our website, nvcoc.net. Learn more about us because we want to know God. That's what we are interested in. And we want you to know more about Him also. I want to wrap things up by telling you about some of the things we got going on. Uh, this weekend, on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're doing a um, fam- what we call a family retreat up in Copper Basin Bible Camp just outside of Prescott, Arizona. A whole bunch of us go up there. It's a great time to get away from uh, the, the busyness of the world and of our lives and just kind of disconnect and think on the things of God. It's a great blessing that we have uh, that opportunity that the Lord's given us there. And uh, uh, if you're interested in that, you know, come come see us. Get to know more about us. We, we'll take you on up there. Uh, we also have uh, other things going on. We're getting ready for all the summer camps. Uh, that starts in June, most of, of June, and then in the, the very first week of July. We have camps. So Cub Camp is for um, kindergarten up to uh, third grade. And then we have a fourth to sixth grade camp. Then we have a junior high camp, a high school camp, and then a combo camp, which is junior high and high school combined together. And you can learn more about that by going to do, to copperbasinbiblecamp.com. And you can learn more about the camp there. Thank you all for being here with us today. I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. And may the Lord watch over you and provide you with the opportunities that you need to be right with Him in this life. Redeem the time, folks. Make the most of every opportunity while we still have today. Send it up to sweep away till she done the better day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Till the sinful world be won for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.